Well, this morning, um, I, I sent the message to Jose that uh, my title is Love or Fear in the New Year, and then I changed it to Hope or Fear in the New Year. So um, I don't know the, which, which title he has. Hope and Fear. Hope or Fear. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's an either or. It's not both. You know, you, you, you can't have both. I'm sorry, you're just not allowed to be afraid in the new year. You know, you just have to have it together. And uh, the only way we get it together is whenever we ask Christ to be with us. So what is your expectation for the new year? What is your expectation for the new year? What are you expecting? What's that? To see tomorrow. Okay. Our expectation. What's that? Make America great again. That's it. What else? What's your expectation? We said earlier, you're going to be alive for, for next year. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, to be here next year. That's it, you know. So as our day is, so shall our strength be. Always there. <laughs> as your day is, so shall your strength be. How many are expecting things to get better? Yeah, see? Yeah, we have an expectation. <laughs> so we're expecting things to get better. Now, oh, that's because, you know, the president or, well, what, you know. No, it isn't because of the president. It's because of our God. You know, it, you know God doesn't have a recession. <laughs> God doesn't have a recession. God has blessings that he bestows upon us that even in the most difficult times, God is going to be there. God supplied manna in the desert he brought water out of rocks. <laughs> he parted the Red Sea so people could go through on dry ground. He closed the Red Sea and destroyed the enemy of those who were trying to destroy his people. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, God specializes, a song used to sing, God specializes in the things that we thought impossible because God can do what no other man can do, what no man can do. So we find that we are, we are setting our expectations, we are, we are putting in place our expectations. Now, people, people say, well, you know, the past year wasn't that great. Well, you see, our past, this is important. If you don't take anything home, today you take this home. A box of candy and a pen. No, if you, don't take, if you take something home today, our past is not the rudder that steers the ship. Okay? Our past is not the rudder that steers the ship. Our past is something we've learned so that we can know something about life, and yet our, our expectations set the destination. Our faith and our expectations set the destination, where we're going. We expect something good to happen. We expect good to come of our lives. We expect that God is going to work through us and in us. We believe that we expect God to bless us. So in God's blessing, where is the port that we're headed to? <laughs> what is the destination that, we're, that we have in mind? And it's not set or steered or ruddered by yesterday. Our expectations determine what is there. So I thought, well, the first scripture that, that I... <laughs> I thought of, uh, for this, this sermon is 
uh, Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall be, become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which when translated means God with us. Now, you think, well, he left that over from Christmas. <laughs> he left that part from Christmas. No, the part I'm looking at is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. God with us. God is with us. You see, Jesus has many names that identify his character, that tell us about who he is, but one of the most important names is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So no matter what we think and no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, God is with us. God is with me. God is with me in this situation. So I must have this in place. God is with me. So whenever I'm facing and setting my expectation, God is here in the moment. God is there in the future. God does not, I, I, I like this, this part too, this understanding of God being everywhere present. God is everywhere present, meaning that he was there in the past, he's here in the present, he's there in the future. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, communion, because it was he who died upon the cross. It is he who uh, had, the, as it were, the last supper with his disciples. It is he who rose from the dead. It is he who said that, do this in remembrance of me, because I, it's, it's, it's in, informing us and keeping us aware that God did this 2,000 years ago for me in the present, and that he is going to we are going to partake with him of this, these, this um, elements, the, the wine and the bread, the, the, the communion. He, we're going to partake of that with him in the future. So God is already there. He doesn't remember the past. He doesn't, se- he doesn't see into the future. He's already there. <laughs> so we look at this, and before Jesus came, the Spirit of God would reside in the temple. You know, uh, the people had to go through many rituals and, uh, can, and, you know, to be considered clean, that they had the Ark of the Covenant where the Ten Commandments and Aaron's rod that budded and um, manna were in and they carried it around and that represented God's presence. And that God would come and dwell in, it's, as it were, a visible form would come and power would descend upon the, the Holy of Holies and that's where God le- dwelt. God dwelt in that temple. So then when David uh, had the plans and Solomon built the temple, the holies of holies was kind of like a place where God dwelt and people had to go through all these rituals to clean their lives up so that they could go in to the presence of God. But when Jesus came, he put it in, 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 he put it in place so that our body would be the temple where God would dwell. So no longer do we have to clean ourselves up with rituals. We allow the blood of Jesus Christ shed upon the cross to cleanse us from our sin and that God now dwells in this temple, in you and I. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the dwelling place of God. So that's very important. He is always with us. Hmm, see? He is always with us. He will never forsake. He will never abandon. He will never put us on hold. Hello, God. This is a recording. If you need help, push one. If you need immediate help, push two. 
If you like divine intervention, push three. <laughs> you imagine that, you know, as a hold signal for God? No. He dwells inside of us. He's always with us. And which means that because he is here, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. We have peace. Hmm. We have joy. We have power. Because he's always there. This other scripture I was thinking of um, in, in our conversations before church, you know, what are our expectations for the new year? And, and we, we met a, a friend of ours the other day, and lovely, lovely person, probably just an excellent friend, excellent person, whatever, but they're probably going through a difficult time, and they said, Happy New Year, but then they said, Don't, you can have a happy new year, but I'm not going to. <laughs> and they, you know, and they were having difficulties, and it's going to be a bad year. Last year was a bad year. This year is going to be worse. And, you know, bad things, difficult things have happened. So it may be good for you, but it's not going to be good for me. Why? Because we have this understanding that God is, God is doing, you know, I, I think the person's understanding is if you do enough good, God will bless you. And if you haven't done enough good, then you get bad things. And their whole concept of God was kind of skewed. And, of course, I straightened them out in 30 seconds. And, <laughs> but no, we, we talked and always we talk about God and how that God is going to be with us and things. But in our own minds, the scripture, this 1 John 4, 17, herein is our love made perfect. Okay? Herein is our love made perfect. When we realize that God loves us, Okay? When we realize that God has died for us and we are forgiven, it says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That when I go and stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords, the God of heaven and earth, and I go and stand before him, I have boldness. <laughs> I have boldness. Why? Because of whose I am. I'm, I'm, he, he's my father. <laughs> he's my brother. <laughs> you know, Christ is there with me. He's in my life. And so he's the one who cleans me up and prepares me to stand before the, the judge. He cleans me up. He forgives me of my sins. He restores unto me his, the joy of my salvation. He, he does a work on the inside. Renew a right spirit within me. So I'm going to stand before God. I'm going, to do it, uh, I'm going to do it with boldness because as he is, so are we in this world. Therefore, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love, and we know that he loves us. So think about this for a minute. I've read that scripture, I don't know how many hundreds of times. So there is no fear in love, okay? And perfect love drives out fear. You could say that the opposite of hope, okay? The opposite of hope is what? Hopeless? <laughs> uh, despair? The opposite of hope is despair. But... You can make a good case from this scripture that says the opposite of hope is fear. 
<laughs> Whenever you think, okay, what is our expectation for the new year? If we have negative expectations, it's generally based upon some type of fear that things are going to get worse. But you see, hope is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ, and fear looks at the future with worry and dread, but hope looks at the future with eager expectations. It's, it's, I'm anticipating what God is going to do in the next year. Well, what about all the difficult things I'm dealing with? God, I invite you into my life. I invite you into each of these difficulties. I pray that you will help me to understand them. I pray that you, if I don't understand them, I pray that you will give me the abilities to work through them. You will give me a wisdom and insight that I can deal with these things in a way that is healing and restoring and able to bring blessing and to be able to fulfill your will. See, not everything that comes into our life is gloom, despair, and agony on me. You can put that one up. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to put that one up. <laughs> What's that? Oh, but I was thinking of, uh, remember the, uh, it's not laughing, it was uh, hee-haw. That was it. Gloom, despair, and agony on me, you know, playing the guitar. So, and, and <laughs> what was that? The guy said the other day, if you played a uh, country song backwards, the guy would get his wife back his truck would get fixed, and his dog would come home, you know. <laughs> so, you know. So um, we, we don't live in this gloom, despair, and agony on me. It says that, for, you know, fear looks at the future with worry and dread. So if we're looking to the future with worry and dread, hmm. See, we can look to the future and hope because of God's love for us in Christ Jesus. That's why we have hope. If I live or die, I belong to God. <laughs> if I go home in the next year to heaven, it's okay. God's in control. So I don't need to live in fear of going home. I need to, I need to live in, in an understanding of God's presence. And that God is capable of doing the impossible. And the impossible may be helping me to figure some stupid thing out that means hardly anything to anybody else, but it's important to me. God will help us do that. Help us in our work, in our homework, in schoolwork, and whatever. We're asking God to help us. Our, our greatest part of fear is I can't. Because we have a fear of failure. We have a fear that things will fail. Fears, fear that things will go wrong. Can't never took us anywhere. God is the one who gives us the anticipation of possibilities. We look into the future and hope because God, his love for us in Jesus Christ. Now, if we earn the right to be loved, okay, yeah. <laughs> if we earn the right to be loved, then it would be like receiving a paycheck for going to work. And if you didn't, get the, you didn't make any money, it means you didn't do any good. But God does good to us based upon the hope that's in our heart. So we can look to the future with hope. Because we live in hope, we are free to love one another. Huh. You see, that's why when God tells us to love and forgive, that the hope that is inside of us enables us to give. I know one individual, there was a couple, and they were, they were having a disagreement <laughs> because one of them had given 
you know, some money away to a needy person. And the other one was saying, what are you giving that away for? You know, they don't need it. <laughs> but you see, in, in, in our life, in our giving, we are giving, we don't give out of, out of necessity, we don't give grudgingly, but with a cheerful heart. With a cheerful heart that we're doing good in someone's life. We are blessing them in a, in a particular way. So giving a smile, giving a word of encouragement, telling them that we are going to pray for them, pray for their need. You know, God is going to do the work and that somehow that all that kind of brings a sense of stability. So, we learn from our past, we're not held captive by it. Okay? To Jesus, we have a future. We have a future in him. In this life and in the life to come. We have a future in him for tomorrow and the next day, for the next months. We have, we have a future in Christ. Nothing can take that away because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither things present nor things past. Heights, depths, principalities, power, nothing can take this expectation and hope from us. So we are to see how that God is in charge of our life because Emmanuel, God with us, and that we have hope or fear for the new year. So, there are many things in this life that can tempt us to live in fear. The unknown, what's going to happen in the Middle East, what's going to happen next door, what's going to happen a few counties up from us where someone shot a police officer. What's going to happen? Well, we don't live in fear. What sickness? What, what, what are those things? All those things, nothing. You see, our fear... This, these are temptations to abandon our fear. These are temptations, excuse me, these are temptations to abandon our hope and put it in fear. Whenever we are fearful, what is one of the things that when people are fearful, they have a clenched fist. They have an agitated spirit. And often they, you can see it in their face. <laughs> they have crossed arms. Their life is totally blocked. You're not going to get to my heart. <laughs> you ever watch Judge Judy? What does she tell those people? I always love them. She says, uncross your arms. <laughs> she tells them, uncross your arms. What she's doing is she's telling that person, you're, I'm going to get to you. <laughs> and you're going to listen to me. You know? So uncross your arms. So fear causes us to do these things. But you see, even, even our, our fears cause us to think differently. Um, one individual says, uh, I, was, I was reading a, a guy, he said he, he was um, his spiritual leader, and his name was, uh, he was referring to Wayne Dyer, who he, he, he died a few years ago. But anyhow, he's written a number of books and all this stuff about, it's not Christianity, it's other ways. But um, he had a saying that says, change the way you look at things, and the things you look at will change. Well, guess what? Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. You know, by faith, we look, and the, by faith causes us to see things differently. Faith causes us to see that there are possibilities. Faith causes us to see that love, what love casts out, pushes out, gets rid of fear. 
Perfect love displaces fear. Are we going to have hope and love or fear in the new year? Well, what about? There is no what's abouts. <laughs> there is no buts. It is only God is in charge, God is working, and we then, the promises and the hope that we have is based upon our knowledge of the Scripture and what the Scriptures are doing inside of our heart and renewing our spirits. But no matter what happens, God promises that nothing can separate us from his love. None of this phases me, Paul writes, because Jesus loves us. None of this phases me because Jesus loves me. All the difficulties, Paul being beaten with rods, you know. If you think about how that uh, um, a life at the height of his popularity and the height of his greatness, Paul gets thrown in prison. Now, you and me and whatever, that's kind of like the, the pits of all pits. Ruined, ruined his life. But what happened is Paul saw the need of still informing other people, other churches, and so he wrote letters, and we have half the New Testament because he went to prison and he didn't give up on hope. <laughs> he saw Jesus in the prison, changed the way he looked at it. You see, because things happen, it doesn't mean that it's all, it's all ruined. It's a place where God is, and God is going to help us to see it differently. So Paul saw prison as a place to help the church, and he's helping us. So because of that love, we can live in hope, free from fear. <laughs> so, for God has not given us the spirit of fear or of being timid, but of power and of love and self-discipline. You see, we are to be finished with fear. <laughs> we are to be finished with fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not told us, David, you need to live in fear because I'm going to come and get you. <laughs> I'm going to come and take my, you know, you do one mistake and lightning is falling from heaven. The earth is going to open up and you're going to fall in. And, you know, if anything bad can happen, I'm going to send it to you. Isn't that it's terrible? <laughs> Some people preach that way as if God were up there trying to destroy the place. Well, why did Jesus show up? He showed up to, rest to restore the place. He, he showed up to, re to, to save mankind. He's he showed up to be part of our lives. And he doesn't want us to live in fear. So many people are living with less than God's best because they allow fear to stop them from pursuing their dreams. So what is your expectation for the new year? How big is your dream? How big is your God? And what stops us from actually pursuing it? I may run into, see how fear comes in? It, it stops us from being imaginative. We are confident that in God's promises there are not, there's nothing that can stop what God wants to accomplish. Hmm. When fear creeps in, we hesitate. We question. But what if? You know, it's good to ask questions, but it's not, it's not good to doubt. God, okay, you know, it's, it's a snowstorm is coming and it's going to be icy and whatever. Okay, God, if it's icy, you're going to give us enough sense? Stay home. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm, I know God will take care of me. I'll jump off the cliff and he'll catch me. 
People have done that, you know. In Johnstown, even. There are people on a second story of, of a building, and they were having a prayer service, and somebody decided that God, was, that God told them to step off the balcony and that God was going to catch them. And they stepped off. And they didn't get caught. They got caught by the ground. <laughs> you know, they got stopped and they broke a couple legs or broke something. But that was all because they were going to prove that God was with them. We don't have to prove what we know. What we know will dictate what we do. What we know will dictate where we're going, what we expect. You see, love prompts us to give, and when we are afraid, we tend to clench. <laughs> we, can, we tend to be selfish whenever we are fearful. Love prompts us to give. Fear has the, has, also has, uh, affects our self-discipline and our self-control. But, now, next scripture is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. So here we are. What is your expectation for the new year? God is going to do far and beyond. He says, For now, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. So God has in mind to do beyond what you are capable, what, you've, what you're able to ask, and even what is entered into your mind. God is able to do that. Hmm. Kinsey, did you think you were going to get a job? No. But last year at this time, did you think you were going to get a job at this place? No. But what happened is you put a little dream in her heart. Put a little dream in her heart. I think it's a song or whatever. You put a little dream in her heart. What do you do? You make an application. What happens? You get called. What happens? It went well. <laughs> what happens? I'll start work tomorrow. You know, or Tuesday. So you see, far and beyond, God had that already in place. He just had to get her, get us here. And the same thing is, it may be the best thing in the world, maybe the worst thing in the world, but we're still going. We don't know. God is going to make it good, and whether it's for a week or a hundred years, it's still part of God's plan for us now. And we move forward. So God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all, beyond all. Above all, beyond all. So if I ask you, what is your expectation? Well, God has something so much greater, you can't even imagine it. So where does it start? God is with me, Emmanuel. God is with us. So when God is with us, I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be afraid of failure. I don't need to be afraid of people. I don't need to be afraid of whatever our fear is. You see, the devil, every one of us have, has areas of weakness. Every one of us has areas where we have trouble in relationships with people. You know, everyone, and just some of them are more pronounced than others. But what happens is, every time we go into that place, that same old problem props up. It's a fear. And that fear causes us to react the same way we've always done. If you do the same thing you've always done, you're going to end up the same place you've always been. <laughs> you know, it's called insanity. <laughs> well, actually, insanity is to do the same thing you've always done in the same way you've always done, expecting a different result. That's insane. <laughs> if you keep doing the same thing you've always done and the same way you always did it, with the same expectation you always did it, 
you're nuts if you think things are going to change. But God says God wants to do exceedingly abundantly. But <laughs> can you imagine the abundance that God has? He doesn't have any limitations. So <laughs> notice what the verse says. He will do it according to the power that works in us. See, this isn't God out there somewhere rearranging everything and we just kind of walk into it. Renew a right spirit within me. You see, according to the power that works in us, it's already inside of us to be able to accomplish these things because God is with us. He does not have any limitations, only the limitations we put on him. So God is at work in us, and he is working in us to accomplish his expectations for our life. So, one final thought, 1 Corinthians 9.24, run in such a way as to get the prize. <laughs> run in such a way to get the prize. You see, at the end of next year, where will we be? Well, I don't think things will be much different. <laughs> well, okay, they won't be. You know, as a story... I'll close with this one. There's a story that uh, a person, they, they moved from Johnstown, Wimber. They went to New York City, and um, they talked to a person there, and uh, they said, well, wh and they said, how's New York City? What, what's New York City like? And the guy says, well, what was Wimber like? Oh, Wimber was this wonderful place, this terrible place. You know, I'll do it this way. Wimber was this terrible place. You know, people didn't get along. The neighbors were rude. And, you know, traffic was terrible. Trains would go through town. And it would just hold you up. And the guy says, well, you know, that's kind of like New York City. <laughs> and another guy moved into New York City from Wimber and happened to meet the same man. He says, what's New York City like? He says, well, what was Wimber like? He says, well, Wimber, that's the friendliest community ever seen. People love to talk. And you know what? Our, our place even got coal again in the mines. Trains come through a couple times a week. And moving all this coal out of Wimber, it's a great growing community. And guys, says, that's just like New York City. <laughs> what you see, what you expect, you, that's what you get. And what we are expecting is God... What is God expecting? He's trying to renew a right spirit within us, and it's his spirit that is in us, helping our spirit to be receptive of his spirit. So God is limitless in what he can do. Can we expect God to be limitless with us? And the answer is yes. Why? Because he loves us. Now, um, a few years ago, I, I was basically saying the same thing. And I, I was thinking, you know, well, you know, you can't, you can't preach that in a third world country. You, can't, you, 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 you could not preach the same thing in a third world country. And, and, I used, and I used to think that this was impossible, you know. So how does this preach in a third world country? El Salvador. And I thought, you know, if they were preaching this very same thing down there, 
how could they get it? And then God, I'll say, I'll say God corrected me on this because I was thinking of David and the work that Enlase is doing in almost, they have, they have churches in every community in the whole country that are waiting to be able to, for, Elsa, for Enlase to work with them. And what they're doing is they're bringing in telepathy ponds, they're fish ponds, they're, they're digging wells for them to have fresh water. They're putting up houses for people to live in. They're helping people to find renewable resources where they can find strength, sources of income. He helps them to put in gardens in a community. A community has a couple acres where they put, put gardens in. They have people come in, teach them how to plant the vegetables, teach them how to harvest the vegetables, teach them how to cook the different vegetables, and whatever's left, they sell. And that's how you take the abundance of God and preach it and teach it in a third world country according to the power that works in us. The same Jesus works in the people in El Salvador that works in us. And he is accomplishing things in their lives that they never thought was possible. Fresh water, health care, a house, things to eat, and things to sell. <laughs> same Jesus, according to the power the works in us. So what is our expectation? <laughs> well, God's expectation is far beyond what we can even think or imagine. So let our imaginations go <laughs> and be inspired by the Holy Spirit according to the power that works in us and then God will use us to accomplish what he wants to give us. Not that we sit back and let God give it to us. Come on, God, pour it in. <laughs> no, it's according to you, the power that works in us. So we are very much a part of the answer to every prayer, every promise that Jesus has given us. Amen? Can you imagine a child that stud doesn't study for a test and blames God for failing? <laughs> I have adults that did that to me. So, <laughs> but you see... If you don't study, you don't pass. <laughs> but if we study and ask God for help, oh. Whenever we do our work, we're going about our daily tasks. God, help me. Be with me. Help me to understand. Give me wisdom, insight, whatever. Amen? Let's stand. I'll go home and Rondo will tell me I missed four opportunities for a good conclusion. <laughs> no, that only happened one other time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. See I was, how I was degrading my expectation? Yeah, see? No, no. I got to expect the good things. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Let that past go. Our, our future is not uh, steered. It's the wrong word. The rudder is not made of our past. Our rudder is made of our expectation promise of where we're going. Father, thank you for the hope of a new year, the blessings of a new year, the expectations as we start the race. God, may we finish strong. 
We thank you for blessing us and blessing this day and blessing our families. Keep us safe, O oh God, in your presence, in your hands. Uh, watch over our children, our grandchildren. Watch over our parents. God, keep us safe always as we go forward with you. And our expectation, God, is your blessing in us. Amen. God bless you.